listening to the Unfree Parents Podcast, episode 010, your seat to chat about parenting, life, and of course, Humphreys McGee. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak, successful event planner, mom of three, wife, and total Umfree. Are you prepared for what comes next? Thank you everyone so much for joining me for episode 10 of the Umfree Parents Podcast. It's honestly so crazy to even say episode 10. Um, I know I say this every single, um, show in the beginning, but I am truly, truly grateful to everybody who even just retweets or, you know, listens or comments or, I mean, anything, any small piece. It's just so amazing. All the support and, and the love that I've received in, in doing this whole thing and, the, the friends that I've made and it's just a very cool thing and I'm so grateful for everyone that has helped me and believes in this and you know I just I want to keep saying that I'm, I'm truly grateful um, and very excited um, I'm recording this before the August 11th show in Indianapolis my husband and I and our youngest Brendan will be going and I'm so excited to be seeing a lot of you, meeting some of you for the first time and seeing some friends again. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I did also want to thank everybody for all of the birthday wishes. Um, I had a very awesome weekend with my family, very relaxing, which is exactly what I wanted and needed. Um, And although I am sad that we decided not to go to the workout festival, I'm very excited to be spending uh, Bayless's birthday with him in Indy on the 11th, as I mentioned. And um, yeah, all right. So let's move on. In this episode, we'll cover um, any new Humphreys news and the show on August 4th at the Workout Festival at the Legend Valley Music Center in Thornville, Ohio, as well as my interview with Melissa Baswell Williams, creator director of lifestyle site Bubby and Bean and she also works in social media and she also happens to be the wife of Robbie Williams stage manager for Umphreys McGee a really great chat with her about her life so make sure to stick around for that at the end of the show and I did want to mention that the shows played on the 9th through the 12th will be featured in next week's episode on August 21st So make sure you come back for that. All right. So on August 4th, the band hit the road again for the first time since being off since July 20th when they last played at Peach Festival, which if you did not catch that episode, episode eight, my review of their set at that festival, I will be sure to link that in the show notes so you can check that out. Um, The August 4th show was a two-set festival stop at the Workout Festival at Legend Valley Music Center in Thornville, Ohio. Um, The weekend was from August 2nd to the 4th, and it also featured, of course, the works, the Marcus King Band, Pigeons Playing Ping Pong, and more. Umphreys opened this Saturday night show with Cut the Cable, Seasons, which a song that I know um, I've said before, And others I've talked to will agree that um, this song is really coming along. And I love 
um, what I interpret the song to mean to me. So I'm really a fan of it. Number five, a dedication to Alex in the front row who was at his 100th show. And Bayless was nice enough to get the crowd to give him a nice resounding fuck you, Alex. Um, out of order, Mulch's sandwich, which, which features um, a little Norwegian wood tease in there. And this jam, I just really love, like, especially the finger tapping and then straight shred from Jake going right into this Higgins. It's just, and the Higgins, too, is just seriously so nasty and dirty in the middle. Just, it starts out with this ambient reggae jam and then gets a little spacey and goes right into a straight-up rock song and then goes right into the lyrics of Higgins. I feel they've just been killing that song this year, and this version that comes in a little over 15 minutes is honestly no exception. I put this one on my 2018 Hall of Fame list, and it's going to be hard to choose between the other Higgins that I have on my list because there are a few on there um, from throughout this year. Um, and honestly, I can't not talk about the end of Higgins, which is probably one of my favorite endings. Not sure if I've mentioned that before. Um, and this one doesn't skip a beat before going right back into the very end of Mulch's. Seriously, no doubt blowing everybody's mind with that. Like, it's just absolutely amazing. Honestly, surprising that the set doesn't end with that. Like, it was just holy fuck. But they do um, end that first set with Half Delayed, which is also an amazing song and love the, the rock jam at the end of that as well. The second set starts with a nasty and meaty as fuck 20-minute DBK that starts out really rock heavy and then jammy and then it goes on this whole musical journey and then Brendan just shredding the fuck out of the end of this song before it goes into Rocktopus. Seriously. Rocktopus, a tune that I just love that it's sticking around for the foreseeable future and still with the nether ending, but not the full song, still teasing everybody. It will be interesting to see if and when they ever actually go into that or if they're just going to, you know, keep it there at the end as a tease. We'll see. Then uh, right into the end of that mulches. Seriously, just the beginning of that uh, <laughs> that second set was just absolutely amazing, too. The triple wide, which this one, it only comes in at about nine minutes, I feel is a short for version of the triple wide, which is kind of funny to say. But this one still does not disappoint at all. Super dancey and Joel just straight killing it in the last couple of minutes of the song before they slow it down with a soulful and beautiful little jam and go right into Upward, which is always beautiful. Just listening to the second set, you will just fully see how eclectic Umfree sound really is. You know, you start with this DBK and then, you know, you listen to the end of, of Upward just right in there. It's just, it's amazing. It just really is. <laughs> Um, then a mashup, Life During Exodus, featuring songs from Bob Marley, Talking Heads, and Frank Zappa. Um, that one has only been played 19 times, 
and was last played almost a year ago on August 10th, 2017 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Bayless then mentions being off for the past two weeks and that it was nice for him to be back on stage with his friends. So they're going to take the next one a little slow and have another dance party. And that's exactly what they did with the 20 minute in the kitchen. That is straight fire and a hundred percent total dance party. You can tell throughout this tune and the entire show that they're definitely grateful to be back making music and doing what they love. The whole show comes to an end with resolution and this absolutely soulful glory. And I did see on some various groups that fans were not sure how they felt about glory closing the show. But I think that this resolution being all that it is with its unique story adventure, this, you know, monster in itself, and then into this beautiful glory is just an awesome way to end the show. Um, I did read a comment that Jake broke his strings during glory. Um, but I could not tell by the video that I saw. Um, I did uh, post on Twitter and in my group, but I did not get a response or really an answer. So um, at the time of my recording this episode, I cannot confirm or deny that he did. Um, but you guys do know that when I do find out, I will make mention of it in an episode for sure. Um, and I will make sure to link the video that I saw from the weekend, the set list, and where you can listen to it on Nugs so that you can check all of that out. Before we get to my interview with Melissa, I just wanted to thank her so much and express my deep gratitude to her for taking time from her um, full schedule to talk with me a little bit about what her life is like and also, again, to express my deep condolences to her. She recently lost her very best friend and um, is actually going to be going to the memorial um, of two days after we, we speak. So I just wanted to thank her for um, taking time to talk to me during this difficult uh, time in her life. So. Without further ado, here's my interview with creative director of the lifestyle site, Bubby and Bean, and wife of Umphreys McGee stage manager, Robbie Williams, Melissa Basswell Williams. Okay, so if you want to, um, please introduce yourself and tell everyone what makes you an Umphreys parent. bringing like your background.
And yeah, I lived in the Chicago suburbs for eight years, went to University of Wisconsin in Madison and moved to Colorado, Oregon, Florida, Indianapolis, where am I missing? And then I ended up back in Chicago and now I'm back in the Chicago suburbs again. Left for 15 years and I'm back here somehow. That's pretty much it. Very cool. So, um, talk about your career and what you do, your work. Okay, so I um, own a lifestyle site called Bubby and Bean. It was initially named after my, my dog that I had here, that, that Robbie and I called Bubby, um, but now somehow I call my son Emmett Bubby, so it's, it's morphed with my life. Um, it started off so I used to design for a eco-friendly clothing company called Mountains of the Moon. It was a label that I owned. And then I started this blog, like, been seven and a half years, um, as, like, sort of just a subset of that, where I could post about just different things in my life behind the scenes. And so the blog started taking off. Um, it was a huge surprise and turn into like a company of its own. So I basically, what I do now is I work with different brands, like-minded brands, and sort of tell stories um, of how to live a creative life and uh, talk about parenting and travel. And I incorporate the brands into the stories. So they're sort of, it's sponsored content, but it's authentic and um, it's the bill. And we have a whole, whole social media line and I have an assistant, and um, it's a very odd career. I think I told you before, when, when people ask me what I do for a living, I don't know how to answer, and my answer is completely dependent on, like, their generation. <laughs> so, like, when my parents' generation is like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, it's going to be really hard. Um, and if it's someone from our generation, I usually say I'm a blogger, but I'm really not a blogger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just an odd career, but I guess uh, I'm a content creator. Very cool. That's very cool. So, um, a little bit more about your family. Um, how did you meet your husband? Oh my gosh, this is such a long story. I'll, I'll try to make it brief. <laughs> the cliff so, notes. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the, the cliff notes. So, I told you that I own this company, Mountains of the Moon. So, I I got out of college and started this company, and what I did was I friended at music festivals, and uh, that's how I started out with it. And so over the course of the many years that I did that, I met a lot of people that worked in the the quote-unquote jam band industry. Um, And so the other subset to that is when I was growing up, I was in theater, and when I was in high school, I did this thing called the Illinois All-State Play, and I met someone who, from another school who was also in it that we had a lot in common, Jeff Austin, who ended up being in Young Adult String Band and in his own band now. And he and I became very close, and so in 2006, I was having a really hard time in my life, and I called Jeff and was like, I'm so sad. And he was like, hey, we're playing this festival summer camp. You should come and we'll just hang out and have fun and get everything off your mind. So I went, and when we were there, he took me on a free bus and introduced me to Brandon and Chris and Ryan. And Ryan and I hit it off. He's so funny. 
we stayed in touch. And I ended up moving to back to Chicago that fall and didn't really know anyone. And Ryan was like, I'm in this side project band Omega Moose and we're playing at Martyrs. We should go. And so I went and Corey Vesalopoulos, I don't know if you know her, but mm-hmm. she, I knew her and she was there and was like, hey, there's this guy that wants to meet you. And he, his name's Robbie. He's a stage manager at Humphreys. And Ryan was like, he's such a good guy. And Robbie was <laughs> Corey introduced us and Robbie was like, asked me for my phone number. And I was like, no, no, no I do I'm not giving you my phone number. So, like, he kept, he was persistent, and eventually, like, a week later, I did, and we went out on our first date, and that was 12 years ago, and now we're married and have kids. That's amazing. That is such an amazing story. I love stuff like that. So, you've been together 12 years. How long have you been married? We have been married seven years. That's very awesome. Very cool. So, so was that summer camp um, your first experience, like your first exposure to Humphreys, or have you seen shows before that? Um, I didn't even see Humphreys this summer. <laughs> I think I just went to, like, hang out with Josh. Um, maybe I saw Yonder play. I don't even remember. Um, I had heard about Humphreys. I actually had... I lived in Bloomington, Indiana for a while, and a lot of my friends there were, like, huge Humphreys fans and knew the guys. Um, some of them were from South Bend. And then I went on the first jam cruise, and my friends that I went on jam cruise with went to see Humphreys. And there was, like, a reggae band or something playing at the same time I went to them. So I had, like, never really seen them or given them a chance. I, I think I'd heard their music, and I was like, this is good, but... I mean, between me and you, like, I the Grateful Dead tour. I, I love the Grateful Dead. They're my heart band. But I don't listen to a lot of jam bands outside of that. I listen to more of indie music. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first Humphreys show was actually right before I met Rahi. I was in um, Manhattan for something else, and they were playing at the Nokia. And some of my friends were going, and so I had I went to that show with them, and that was maybe a month before I met Robbie. But that was the only time I'd ever seen them play. Well, Robbie and I got together. Very cool. Very cool. So you mentioned and clearly I've seen them like hundreds of times, but <laughs> before that, nothing. Yeah, just that one show. Very cool. Very cool. Um. So you said you know you have two young kids. You work from home, your husband is gone, um, you know, a lot of the year. Um, So how do you think that the way that the band tours now, you know, they've cut back, um, how do you think things like that have helped your family sort of keep things on a schedule and normal? Um, It's helped a lot. I mean, they're... The Humphreys band and crew and their wife, all these other sister wives, um, we we don't see each other that much, but it, it is a, it is a big family, and everyone is very considerate about the fact that so many of us have children now. Like before, I had kids, and before you know the band and crew started having kids, I wouldn't see Robbie for like a month sometimes, and now he's home every week. Sometimes it's just for like thirty six hours, but he's home every week. So. Um, I also 
and I was like, I don't, I don't know because I don't want to be, I would rather not be a single mom like last year. So I was really hesitant about it, but it ended up working out so well. Like when they're home, they're home. I mean, Robbie is completely hands-on with the kids. I don't have to get childcare those days when I work. He is with them all the time. I mean, he misses, like he always misses Ashley's birthday because it's right near, right before New Year. And, you know, sometimes they miss holidays, but for the most part, it um, is, it's worked out great. We get to see him every week. And, and, you know, like I have friends that have husbands that they're home every day, which is great amazing but also they don't see the kids at all during the day and when the boys are home from the road they get so much family time so I'm really grateful for that and so how hard do you think that it is for your husband to kind of balance you know the difference I mean there's obviously you know, being at a show and and doing everything that's his job and then coming home and being dad, like, do you think it's difficult for him to kind of, like, transition from tour to kind of, like, being home? You know, Robbie is a better person than I am. (laughs) Truly. Like, if it's me, I don't think I could handle it. So Robbie is the stage manager, so he's working from, like, eight o'clock in the morning until like two or three in the morning. Um, and a lot of times, you know, they'll do load out and he'll go to bed at three and wake up at four or five and go to the airport and fly home. And then he gets home and I'm like, hi, I love you. I got to go to work. And I'm up in my office working and he's got a two-year-old and a four-year-old to deal with. And I'll be like, honey, are you tired? I'll say, I'm okay. Like it was me. I would be like, I'm so tired. It's really hard. You know, just bitching about it. Um, so he, he handles it very well. I'm sure it's probably more difficult than he lets on because he's a very positive person. Um, but, you know, he just makes it work, and we make our schedule work, and that's all we can do. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so if your husband was not working in the music industry, what do you think he would be doing? Um, I mean, Robbie went to to college for communications and kind of knew he was always going to work in the music industry, and he started off pretty soon after college. He actually was um, Dark Star Star Orchestra's tour manager for years before he uh, started working with Umphreys. So I don't know, maybe, maybe like something similar, but with like baseball, so funny. Robbie and I are so different. I'm like, what are sports? Um, or, you know, Robbie's like amazing around the house, like building things, and he's a great photographer, so maybe something creative. But honestly, I, I don't think I could keep doing anything else. This is his, his forte of music. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, so what are some ways that um, you guys bring music into your home?
have a piano that they'll learn eventually. And um, yeah, I mean, it's funny when I was pregnant with Ashley, I thought called belly buds. I think that's what they were called. Mm-hmm. They were like these headphones you could put on your big pregnant belly and play music. And you know, we were like, this child is gonna like music just like us. But thankfully, it's come to them naturally. They're so great, and it's a huge part of our lives. I mean, before I met Robbie, like I said, I. I has done that tour and worked at music festivals. So music is, is 100% what brought Bobby and me together, and we transitioned it to our family as much as we've been able to. That's awesome. Um, so you said you do take your kids to shows. Um, what are, um, like, how, how often do you guys take them to shows, and, and how much do they like it? Do they like going? loves it. Um, Emmett's insane, so I don't really know if she likes it or not. We actually just took them to Red Rock. We just went the first night, and other than holidays, like, Emmett has only been to soundcheck, and I was like, oh, he's two and a half. He'll be fine. He was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to leave at soundcheck. He was, like, climbing on the video equipment. He kept trying to run on stage while the band was playing. Like, <laughs> Ashley is totally into it. I mean, she can make it through the whole show, no problem. Dances. She says, oh, Mickey is her favorite band. Um, yeah, they love it. We, you know, we don't bring them often. Like, if they're playing in Chicago, we bring them, obviously, holidays. We bring them to holidays every year, and there's, you know, several shows that the band plays those days, and then I can hear Emmett downstairs going, Mommy! Sorry. Oh, no, I can totally... I can totally hear my kids, too. I'm in my back room, and I can hear my kids <laughs> yelling, too. So it's okay. No, you're totally fine. I get it. I have childcare downstairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, my oldest is 14, and he's watching them, and he's <laughs> they're still yelling for me. It doesn't matter. moment with your husband and Umphreys? Oh, this, is, this just came to me, right? When you said that, I would have normally been like, I have no idea. So this isn't, I guess, really at an Umphreys show, but um, and, so my birthday is New Year's Day, so the New Year's Eve shows are like, you know, big celebration for everyone, but yeah. also my favorite. And it was New Year's Eve 2010 and 2011, and it was so after the New Year's shows, Robbie always has to work. It's kind of stuff, but whatever. I just go up with my friends and wait for him. And he had finally finished working, and we, like, went to an after party for a little while. And then we had – they were playing in Chicago, but we got in a hotel. And we got back to the hotel, and I went to the bathroom and came out, and Robbie had a ring and proposed to me. So that was my favorite, like, unfreeze moment. And there's no way – Thank the universe that Robbie would ever have proposed to me, like, some stage or something. I would die, like, no, like, but I, I kind of thought maybe that weekend he was going to do it, you know, and it, like, was getting really late. We were, I think I was in my pajamas by that point when he did it, so it was a surprise, but, um, you know, I'll always remember that. That was my favorite Humphrey 
whatsoever for that reason. I can't even remember what they played, but it was my favorite show for that reason. Well, that is such an awesome story. That's so sweet. Um, 
focus on that, but it's, it's great that the career that he does have allows for social activity and a wonderful group of people and that I'm able to get part of this job just by going to shows and meeting people like you and hanging out with my Humphreys girls and all that. I feel very lucky and grateful. That's very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really, thank you. Thank You're you very welcome. much. Thank you. Thank you, and safe, safe travels um, when, when you travel to California this weekend. Safe travels, and my condolences for your loss. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It'll be a good weekend to be with um, his friends and family out there. I'm really looking forward to it, so thank you. Thank you so much. Have an awesome rest of your day. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I will be at New Year's for sure. I'll be there. I might just be there that one night, but I'll be there. I'll see you then. Awesome. Absolutely. See you then. Great. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye. Bye.